Ethel's Travel Tales, Accounts from an Addicted Travel Photographer. Hungary in 1985, before the fall of the Soviet Union. June-July, 1985, Hungary. Still in the early days in my shooting career, to my surprise, despite the criticisms my boss leveled against my images, too green, too boring, he continued to send me on foreign shooting trips. Now the destination was Hungary. Although the Iron Curtain was still in evidence, things were opening up. The border between what was ostensibly still a communist nation, Hungary, and a relatively neutral, although still amenable to both sides, Austria, was free. All sorts of interesting, although not necessarily vital goods, were becoming easily available, such as sausages, embroidered blouses, and every variety of paprika one could think of. More importantly, I think my employer could see the eventual demise of that increasingly vague delineation of monetary divisions and wanted to send me to tourist areas of the future, notably behind the Iron Curtain, once the curtain no longer existed. They're quite prescient, I think. 22nd of June, Budapest and around. My mind imagined this place to be a cross between Austria and Russia, and in a way it is, but isn't. It is its own country, very central Europe, and I gather one can't get more central than this. It does have real character, no mistaking it really for anyone else. The Hungarians are friendly and hospitable without being disgustingly pandering, like the Spanish can be, for example, sometime. I hate not being able to speak the language. I can muster up a few words from Berlitz, but my pronunciation is way wrong. It's a weird language, easy to listen to, but impossible to understand. I'm reduced to communicating by sign language. On my arrival at the airport, the place was full of Eastern European airlines like Malev, Aeroflot, and Interflug. It was chaotic, but friendly, somewhat like the train scene in a Jacques Tati film. My rented car, which will be the only consistent thing throughout my entire stay in Hungary, is a lime green Russian Lada. Somehow, I managed to find my way to the hotel in Budapest by sheer sense of direction. I think there was barely any help from the map. The hotel is luxurious, not in the center of the city, which is kind of a pity, and packed full of American tourists. In an exhausted state, I took my first glance of Budapest last night. A thick haze was already settling in, so no guilt about not having the camera with me spectacular and alive. Lots of young people, lots of modern buildings as well. Last night, Buddha, the old historic side, seemed a bit quiet, as if it were only at its best during daylight. Pest, the modern half, was almost hyperactive, full of discos and outdoor cafes. However, I'm putting Budapest temporarily aside in deference to my country wanderings until I return for the proper stay next week. Cultural notes. So far, and this is only day one, the food is excellent. It's not so much the proper meals, which I haven't had yet, 
It's in the details. Wonderful sausage, yet another stereotype fulfilled. Various forms of pepper and paprika in everything. I had a gorgeous sandwich last night. Ham, cheese, two fried eggs on top, paprika on the sides, and a pea macedoine with smoked cheese in it. Here comes the punch. In the hotel snack bar, for two cold drinks and a huge sandwich, which I couldn't finish, it cost me 78 forint, just less than pound fifty, And this is true. Although it's unbelievable to the foreign tourist, at the money exchange, I asked the woman how much money I should change for the week. After the initial advice of not dealing with too much, she suggested $40. A quarter of my monthly salary, she said. This is where the Russia part comes in. 23rd of June, drive to Lake Balaton. It poured with rain all day, so I was in no rush to get to Balaton, as rain is rain wherever one goes, so I spent the morning in the Budapest Museum of Fine Art. It was a reasonably large collection with some very important masters and paintings, Goyas, El Grecos, Renoirs, Cezanne, Rubens, Velasquez, etc., all of which desperately needed a good clean. I also did a bit of a recce around some of the sites, using my imagination to visualize where the sun would hit if it ever appeared again. It's very odd how I navigate in Budapest, by the way. I always find the apparently simplest way to go by map, then stray completely, yet still find my way with minimal difficulty, via a completely different route. No complaints as long as I end up where I intended. Sometimes I feel completely lost, and the building I'm looking for suddenly appears. Once out of town, there was no point taking the pretty way, as I wouldn't see anything due to the weather anyway. So I just bombed down the motorway straight to Balaton Forad. I suppose Balaton is a Central European equivalent of the beach resorts of Spain. Overpriced souvenirs, windsurfing, paddle boats, but of course, being communist, it's much more low-key. The area is also an historic spa, so there's a vestigial trace of elegance. 85% of the people here are German, both East and West, with 10% Russian and 5% Hungarian. I have yet to hear another English speaker. Interesting point. I met two German ladies and I asked them why they vacation in Balaton and why consistently for eight years. They said it was the only place they could come on holiday together as one lived in East Germany and the other in the West. For some reason, Balaton was accessible to both sides. So this is where they got together annually. 24th of June, Lake Balaton. Flat, pleasant, relatively boring. The sort of place that forces you to relax. North side seems very affluent. South side appears very much more of a pioneer holiday type of place. It seems like an Eastern European film where all the young workers go for their well-earned workers' rest. In fact, I did see several groups of children wearing their identical scarves. Side notes of impressions that affected my whole attitude to Hungary. I've had several discussions with both West and East Germans. There is virtually no English spoken outside of Budapest. Germans are the only people I can talk to. The West Germans, for example, Klaus and Henny, have Mercedes, travel the world, have holidays in Kenya and England, own computers, and generally give off the vibe of being very well off and are proud of that impression. They, like me, find Hungary very cheap. 
The East Germans, for example, Rosemary and Wolfgang, also look affluent. She was wearing Levi's shorts, but didn't hesitate to complain about their limitation and freedom, specifically being able to travel to only very few places. Even in Eastern Europe, they were not allowed to go to Poland or Yugoslavia. They found Hungary very expensive, especially petrol, but thought it seemed very liberal. They could say what they wanted and were able to stand in groups of more than four without being dispersed by the police. They were from East Berlin, a front for the world for the Eastern Bloc. Hungary is a real crossroads, a bit stilted, a bit luxurious, at times very basic compared to the West, and yet open, accessible, and relatively easy for the East. In Harkony, where I am now, we're close to the Yugoslav border. There are lots of Hungarians, lots of Yugoslavians, Poles, East Germans, but again, no English speakers. So which one do I choose when signs are written in either Hungarian or Yugoslav? I ventured into the countryside yesterday, beautiful day, and took a somewhat obscure road down to the town of Pech. From Balaton to Kaposvar, the countryside was green, healthy, agricultural, and boring. I stopped at a lovely little folk cottage museum in Busak, but otherwise there was nothing. No wonder, no information appears on that region. People there don't wear ethnic costumes, but their carts do seem to be made from trunks of small trees. Those were very picturesque. The strange thing is seeing a horse and cart pulling a load of hay next to a citron du chevaux pulling a similar load. Lovely mix of cultures. After Kaposvar came the Mechek Hills. Much more interesting and much more what it expects of a Central European scene. Baroque clouds, tree-covered hills, little houses. After Pech and out of the hills, it was flat and agricultural again. Then Harkony, a bath town with lots of outdoor swimming pools and a strange Eastern European feeling about it politically. What do you say to a man in an Arizona sweatshirt who speaks only Hungarian? I don't feel terribly comfortable here, perhaps a bit strange, a sense of being a somewhat welcome, welcome cousin that doesn't quite know what to do with themselves. In all honesty, I don't know why someone from the West would choose to come here unless he or she wanted an expensive but different holiday. Still, for me, it's incredibly interesting. I feel like I'm swimming in a lake where I don't yet know how deep the bottom is or if I can reach the other side without difficulty. In Balaton Fured, which now seems so Western compared to Harkony, I went on two organized tours. First, a pusta party, where we drank too much, ate too much, and played around with horses. And second, a peasant wedding, where we hardly drank, ate a fair amount, but had a lovely show. I met a lot of people and found the evening go by in a flash. 27th of June, Pech. Next day, it's completely overcast. I've resigned myself to interiors and hopes for kalosha, folk art patterns, etc. I did manage a few things at the museum and cathedral yesterday, although it's a photographic version of scraping the barrel. Pech is large, the first large Hungarian town I've had a decent look at. It's good to see a sizable center that's not the capital. Again, I feel I'm intruding somewhat, especially as I have no idea what anyone is saying. At least in Pech, most people speak German. I would have liked to have done some exterior shots. There's an interesting Turkish feel to the place, probably due to the ex-Mox, 
now church, in the middle of the town center. The Vassarelli Museum, full of the artist's work, was a surprise. Very nice examples in an excellent gallery atmosphere. There was enough variety to show how much he experimented and how successful he was. I suspect America, or France, now takes credit for him, but so obviously does Hungary. Lots of museums in Pech, as they know, seem to know that it rains a lot, but there was only so much I had enough interest for. The cathedral was an experience. The interior was lit while I was doing my meter readings, then suddenly the lights went out. I rushed to ask if they could turn the lights on again, fully realizing I would have to pay a healthy donation. For 150 forint, i.e. about £2.50, I not only got an even better illuminated church, but a bit of a tour from a real old gentleman of the Austria-Hungarian school. I would guess an extremely sprightly 80-year-old, extremely well-dressed. He told me he had been studying to be a diplomat in Paris and England when the Second War came and interrupted his studies. His father had been secretary to Emperor Franz Joseph in 1905. After he showed me around, he kissed my hand, not as a pretension, but clearly a part of his original way of courtesy. I was impressed and touched. It was time I decided, even though I wasn't really hungry, to kill part of my d distance here having lunch. I went down to the Terrasse Al Consum. There, at a crowded cafe, I had pepper stuffed with meat, potatoes, gurken salat, cucumber salad with sour cream and paprika, nice, and a cold drink for 55 forint. Now that was about 85p, and it was excellent. It reminded me a bit of the cafe at the old co-op in Stratford in London, working class and functional. In the department stores, the only thing I noticed of extraordinary value were books and records. Even Deutsche Grammophon records were less than three pounds. I then found the wonderful porcelain animals on the fountains and decided the light was just good enough to snap them close up. 28th June, Harkony to Budapest. Every so often the weather gives way to sunny bits. I read today that Hungary is subject to complete and sudden changes in weather due to its location. Great, now they tell me. 29th of June, Budapest. Wow, I've never shot as many rolls as today. It's not that the day was so terrific, which it wasn't, but it was sunny, as well as the weather previously having been so dodgy, it seemed at the moment to be two days on, two days off. I also know Budapest is probably the most important place on my Hungary trip. Good weather, so I did a photographic blitz on the city, or at least the Budapest of visual cliches. Bridges and Castle Hill. I stressed Sicheni Hill, the big, big, oldest bridge, the castle, Fisherman's Bastion, and the Hilton incorporated within it, and St. Matthias Church. In the late afternoon, the sun came out again, and I shot Hero Square and the back of Vaidahunyad Castle, trying to use trees as camouflage over scaffolding. In general, I've been very lucky. Over Hungary, there's been relatively little building work to interrupt the view. It's possible, from what I've seen, that a great campaign of restoration is just beginning in earnest. Some of the obviously most important places have scaffolding, for example, significant parts of the back streets of Castle Hill in Buda, but I'm hoping that the big tourist boom is coming in the near future and that lots of people will buy my photos. Budapest is pretty and comparisons with Vienna are inevitable, 
But the biggest difference is that Budapest lacks Vienna's charm. The Danube is also a lovely intersection to the city, but with a few exceptions, the buildings aren't anywhere near as grand. I'm going on a sightseeing tour today to see what I'm obviously missing. If the weather is good tomorrow, and based on the two-day off, two-day on theory, it should be raining, I'm off to the Danube bend. The more I see of Budapest and its people, the more I think I've underrated Vienna, or perhaps always took Vienna for granted. I am not meeting many people, and now I don't think I've been anywhere people could be so unfriendly. So far, the strengths of Hungary are its food, admittedly fantastic, folklore, and prices. Otherwise, what can you expect from an Eastern European country that has no mountains and no sea? 30th of June, Budapest, day two. Wow, again, another blitz, almost as good as yesterday. Very hazy. Then suddenly it cleared almost completely. There was a superb view from Gellert Hill. I could hardly believe it. 1st of July, Danube Bend. Just beyond Santandra, it began to cloud over. It turned into an incredible thunderstorm. But now it's a gorgeous morning. 2nd of July, Budapest, day three. Another beautiful morning, right on schedule for the second day of the two days on. Just to acknowledge that yesterday, after having done a couple of interiors, I parked my vehicle and began to walk in the rain. I suddenly started to like Budapest. I don't know why. Perhaps I saw real people at the market or the Gellert Baths, a swimming pool spa, which looks terrific. I feel comfortable now, familiar. People laughed appropriately at my increasing attempts to speak Hungarian. It's all of a sudden. Nice. Meeting more people, too. Another German family, Jorge, Helga, and Tante Vera, who were great fun. We're spending our joint last day in Budapest tomorrow. I'll be playing sightseeing guide, suitably dressed in the Magyar-style embroidered Pedersen blouse, which I bought today. Fourth of July, Budapest Day 5, American Independence Day. I did manage to meet two people from the States, and we had a chance to wish each other happy 4th of July. I spent a few hours with my new German friends, Jorge, Helga, and Tante Vera, at Vidan Amusement Park, took a quick peek at the opera, visited Aquincum, ruins of a Roman city, fantastic, and finished off most of my night shots. 6th of July, Hortobaj, Debrechen, Tokai. I took off again from Budapest and ended up far into the countryside, first down to the real Pusta, a naturally occurring area of flat grassland at Hortobaj, where there was an equestrian event, actually a big fair with show jumping as the excuse. Then to the town of Debrechen, not very eventive, but probably important. I seem to recall a sausage or wurst called the Debrechener. From there, up into the hills from the Great Plain to Tokai, known for its wine. Bit disappointing to photograph, but it had a nice character. By the way, the people in the North Highlands seem much friendlier and much more charming than in the rest of Hungary. 7th of July, Buk Nemesti Park. I so exhausted myself yesterday, I decided to take it a bit easy today. I was also due for some landscape, so decided to do both by communing with nature, by taking a long walk in the countryside. Sometimes good shots do require a bit of a walk, which does take time. 8th of July, Eger to Vak. 
I stayed in my next destination, Eger, as long as possible, as I really enjoyed myself here and followed through Tavak on the other side of the Danube Ben. Delightful. I liked it better than the more famous Santander. And it was delicious walking along the Danube. Let's hope the pics show it. Then back to Buddha, where in anticipation of my return to London, I quickly went round to do a few more shots. The weather was decent enough for me to feel I'd done as well as I could. A farewell to the posh accommodation in Pest, and then on to the airport. The plane retained its Eastern European character, Hungarian flight attendants, and food. But as soon as we landed, I was back in the West again.